I'm Mike Sklenz, and this is Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, episode 165, Alex Sandwich. I got two segments for you this week. First up is a new installment of Listener Mail featuring Alex, Alex, and Scott. I have to apologize up front for the audio on this one. It's a little scratchy in parts. Did the best we could to, uh, to clean it up, but there's still some scratchiness. Sorry about that. And then after that, we have a bonus segment with Scott, JP, and Donald talking about the hockey season so far this year. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson, and today I'm with Alex Osborne. Hello, hello. And Alex Kalafi. Hey, everybody. That Alex Sandwich, and uh, today we're here to do some listener mail. Uh, we've had some pile up over the past couple months. I think it's been a little while since we've done one of these. Uh, so we're going to answer your questions. Um, interestingly enough, today was the day that all the Club Nintendo news broke. So half of the show is Club Nintendo listener questions. Um, so we're going to start with non-Club Nintendo questions. Um, and then we will probably finish like the last half of the segment answering like three or four different questions about Club Nintendo. Apparently everyone's interested in that. Who knew? <laughs> um... So let's get started with the first question, which will come from Adolf Vega. And he says, Happy New Year, Connectivity Crew. My question is, how much more power does the new 3DS have compared to the current model? Is it really late 2014, early 2015 tech, or just slightly more graphical power? Is this a significant leap, like Game Boy to Game Boy Advance, or small step forward, like N64 to the N64 with the expansion pack? The iPhone 4S came out in 2011, and the iPhone 6 released late 2014. Is it fair to say that Nintendo has improved the new 3DS graphically as much as Apple has improved the graphics in the same time frame with its iPhones? Um, no. (laughs) Um, And I say that because to me, the iPhone like 6 versus the 4S, I mean, these are two new whole iterations. Like, to me, comparing the New 3DS to 3DS would be more apt to like comparing like an iPhone 4 to a 4S or the 5 to the 5S, um, where it's probably going to run slightly faster. There'll be some improvements, but it's not a whole new model. You know, we're not talking DS to 3DS. Right. Um, more like more like DS to DSi, right? Yep. Exactly. Yep. And they did actually have some exclusive games for that. Like there was some really weird photo game that came mm-hmm. out on the uh, exclusive to the DSi. And that in those games, if I remember correctly, actually had a slightly different box than the original DS games. Like it was like a gray one, I think. I can probably pull up a picture now, though that would do our listeners no good. <laughs> well, at least you could confirm that you're not making that right. up entirely. Box. But I think I think you might be right. Yeah, I'm almost positive. I think there was like two or three games that were like that. And Nintendo yeah. actually sold uh, the DSi that way in the very beginning. Okay, so the uh, it is very slightly different. The, the box. And I think the box is actually slightly thicker, too. Okay. Um, I will say, I think there'll be, at least I'm hoping, there'll be more games that are exclusively for the new 3DS or that like make better use of the, the increase in tech versus what the DSi did. I mean, to me, the, the big thing for the DSi was just that then you had DSiWare because right. you could download games mm-hmm. uh, online. To me, that was the big advancement, right. whereas this seems much more about graphical prowess. I think um, I think the way they're going to handle it is similar to the way they're handling Amiibo right now, where they're not going to go that hard on any one specific game. Like, there's going to be Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. There will probably be a couple other games like it. But it seems like it's going to be like Amiibo, where Nintendo forces just a little something into every single game that uh, is improved by having the new 3DS. Majora's Mask, have that having the uh, 
full camera control. That's a nice addition, yeah. and I think we're going to see stuff on that scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, we have been, like, to address part of his other question, where it was, like, as far as, like, how does this compare to, like, you know, other modern tech? Is it really late 2014, early 2015 tech? But when we look at, um, like, just Nintendo hardware in general, it's always sort of older tech that is cheaper for them yeah, to work I, with. Um, yeah. And, and it, you know, it ultimately results in a, in a more polished experience, too, because we're not using, you know, bleeding edge stuff that, you know, this is tried and true tech for the most part. Um, and, and too, I think it's in many ways, it's, um, essentially just delivering on the promise of the original 3DS, you know, with like the 3D stuff, like Nintendo's almost like Wii Motion Plus, right? Like, like just the Wiimote, right? That was sort of like a proof of concept. And then Plus really brought that sort of more one-to-one feel. Um, and so this is kind of like the same thing where everyone was turning down their 3D sliders and they're trying to like give us a reason to actually use that 3d now um, yeah i i notoriously hate the 3d on the 3ds so i'm actually very excited to see if i stick with it on the on the new 3ds the only time i'll really leave it on is like on some 2d platformers because i really like the way it pops like shante i think looks really good in 3d um so i'm excited to see like if i'll if i'll want to keep this on for 3d yeah. games um because like i i felt like i kept it on a little bit when i first got my 3ds but then once i got ocarina of time and i really tried to like play that i was like no like i can't i can't do this 3d it just doesn't isn't working for me now what Um, was the what was the span of time between when nintendo announced uh dsi and then when they released the 3ds dsi was like 2009 i think i was gonna say two years about right right okay so maybe it'll be another two-year gap before we get like the proper success. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. That sounds right. 2017, yeah, 2017 for right. both systems. I bet it's going to be like a, a GameCube GBA kind of thing. Where the two systems, I don't know if they came out in the same year, but it seems like they did almost launch together. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. think you're. They, no, the Game Boy Advance was, I think, a little bit ahead. Yeah, I, look, I about, will, look that up. I'm looking Let's that up right checking. now. 2001. For GBA, March well, to June. Well, the, Game, the, the GameCube was 2001, so yeah, you're right. GameCube was uh, September to November 2001. That sounds pretty right for well, uh, yeah. two systems. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if 2017 we see both new systems. Unless the next Nintendo system is like everyone hopes, and it's the hybrid. Which they are never going to do, by the way. What a ridiculous business uh, decision that would be on their part. I think, yeah, I think we're, what we're going to see is basically... Uh, and we've talked about this before, and Awada has alluded to this before, but more of just like a uh, like a unified sort of operating system or ecosystem by which then they'll offer different devices, kind of like we see with MacBooks and iPads and iPhones. You know, it's all uses that same general OS, um, but depending on which yeah. device you choose, you know, the experience will probably differ. But that way, then, right, is, not, yeah. not just Apple. I mean, at this point, I mean, Windows is doing that between right. Windows tablets and phones and Windows 8 on your PC. And then same, I mean, even look at like the PS4 and the Vita. I mean, those things go hand in hand at this right. point. Like it's very similar across the board. And that, that's what I'm excited to see. Like I want these things to be developed side by side. So they really are a cohesive uh, um, like group of products that work together well. Yeah. Right. Uh, just one last thing I would like to add is that to answer his question, 
conclusively. Some games are going to look better on the new 3DS than on the regular 3DS. Specifically, Monster Hunter for you. I, I think I saw some thread on NeoGAF that was saying that the textures are slightly better on the new 3DS, and they had a, uh, a comparison side by side. But I think what we, what we can look forward to more of are games like Xenoblade, where they probably could graphically run on the 3DS, but the new 3DS is necessary because of how big of a game it is and how it would chug along if it was playing on the original 3DS. Uh, I, I think it's the biggest deal in the 3DS is that games are going to run a lot better and you can probably get slightly bigger games as a result now. Well, yeah, I think I think in general, just the the system will be able to handle games, you know, with a, a larger scope. I mean, they even showed that side by side in the direct of like booting uh, Smash Brothers on the original 3DS and then now the new 3DS. Right. And I mean, it loads faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can open the home menu while you're playing in post Miiverse and stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't take ten minutes to open the home menu when you're playing Smash Brothers. So right. yeah, it, it, it's it's just gonna feel it. I, It'll feel more modern. I don't know if it will necessarily look that much more modern, but it, it's just going to run a lot better, like Alex said. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it's exciting because we're seeing a lot more overlap. We're seeing console games now running on handheld, and even just with like Nintendo saying, "Oh, you know, we're bringing DS games to to you know the home console to Wii U." We're we're seeing that overlap now, and I think that's only you know uh, an indication of more of that to come. So it's exciting. Yeah, makes me wonder if we'll see more Wii games on. The new 3DS. I can't think of what I'd want that didn't like use uh, the Wii Remote. Um, yeah, necessarily. First, we have to worry about getting more Wii games on Wii U. Well, you see, that's true too. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> in, so we don't have a brain age situation where just mm, that yeah. comes out in Europe and then it just never comes out <laughs> in North America. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next question. Um, this one probably specifically I, I will answer, um, but you guys might be able to, to chime in and have some ideas too, even though uh, this his lifestyle uh, situation does not apply to either. Yeah, yeah, right we'll now, see. I don't think. <laughs> uh, so he says, gentlemen, uh, and by the way, this is from Jacob Smith. Uh, gentlemen, I need help. My wife doesn't like to play games, and I can accept that, but I really want to experience games with her. She really likes a good story, though. For the first time, we had a great game experience while I played through The Last of Us. I need advice for finding other similar story-driven games and ways to adapt other games with great stories, but that may, but that maybe have lots of boring parts. Uh, examples, RPGs. Uh, things currently on the list to try. All Telltale games. Skyrim. Well, that's it. Just those two things. Telltale Games and Skyrim. <laughs> uh, she typically doesn't like horror games, but I don't know... Uh, or horror movies, but I don't know about games. She does like zombies and apocalyptic stuff, though. For RPGs, I had an idea to maybe play through the boring, grinding, non-story parts by myself. And for Skyrim, I was thinking about narrating role-playing a character to make it more interesting. Uh, my wife is a nerd and totally would have gotten into video games, but she only had a sister and her parents never bought a game system. Sad face. <laughs> hmm. um, the Walking Dead. That that's the first yeah, game you need to play because uh, everyone loves The Walking Dead. It's my mom watches The Walking Dead. I watch The Walking Dead. I read The Walking Dead. You really, if you're if you're a part of a couple and you need want a video game to play with someone, The Walking Dead is super accessible from a, a viewer's perspective and as a player's perspective. It's extremely upfront. It's extremely out there. It's that's the game you need to play, and it's fucking excellent. Like, the first game was pretty much the 2012 game of the year. Also, I would recommend Bioware's games, specifically Mass Effect. Jeez, you just stole well, yeah, all my recommendations. I mean, yeah, exactly. really, really anything I mean, with dialogue choices, I think, are great because yeah. you can pull the audience, you know? Like, what should we pick, you know? 
um, and you can kind of customize that character. With Skyrim, I feel like a game like that is so slow, and so like you create your own stories. So unless you really are willing to put in that time to narrate and and role play as you move along, it, that one I can see being a bit too grindy, like or just losing interest. But I don't know. Depends on the person. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, like that. Your first idea is RPGs, but like JRPGs aren't going to work because no. it is very grindy, and the story you really don't have a say in the story. I mean, you're just sort of like experiencing it, and it's so long between story portions. I mean, it's just it's just not going to work. Right. Um, but you know, as we've all said, that any Telltale game is going to be great. Um, there. Mm-hmm. It's not as much like pull the audience because a lot of times there are like time restraints and you have to make a decision or it'll make it for you that because it's like a harrowing portion of the story. Um, but you know, maybe that'll be fun. I mean, maybe you'd be like, okay, we're going to each take turn making guesses or, you know, making choices or just you will make the choices. Um, you know, it might be kind of fun to like see that timer and be freaking out together and then finally just like yell and make a decision. Um, you know, that might, that might be kind of fun. Um, so the I naughty think that's dog a good choice. The- yeah, I mean, as far as, like, he said The Last of Us she liked, so perhaps Uncharted um, would be another good trilogy yep. to go through. Yeah, it's very cinematic, yeah. I mean, a lot of combat, but, you know, even uh, Last of Us has a lot of combat, so, um, yeah, so that would fit. Um, yeah, and I mean, I understand, it, like, if she will never play games, but I would even almost recommend, like... To me, I mean, my wife played some video games growing up, but but not really a ton, and, and grew out of it probably by the time she hit like her early teens. Is probably just a lot of people in general in general do. Um, and I mean, just the plethora of like Nintendo's great two uh, D platformers in the past five or six years like really pulled her back in and got us to end up playing like games that definitely aren't two D platformers. Like I think it opened gaming back up to her. So I mean, don't be afraid, you know, to see if she'd ever be interested in just like throwing down in like the newest Mario, um, you know, or Donkey Kong or any of those games. Mm-hmm. I think they're really uh, designed well uh, for co-op gaming, especially Donkey. Kong. I love Donkey Kong because usually the second player will either play as like Diddy Kong or Dixie Kong, and gives you a better jump that makes it easier to sort of like navigate and land on platforms without dying. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's kind of like uh, like a slightly easier experience for the second player, which might work well for someone who has never played games or hasn't played games in a long time. So, um, but yeah, as far as story, I think, I think you nailed it. Telltale, Bioware, yeah. uh, Naughty Dog. I mean, I think that's, that's the way to go. Yeah. Zelda might be good this year. It's true. It's true. The other one that, that, um, I don't know, like if she's into Japanese stuff, if you wanted to try to work in some sort of Japanese RPG, um, the way the persona series is structured, you could, kind of crank out the dungeon crawling on your own and then go through like more of the school um, relationship stuff with her. She might enjoy that forming the different character relationships and stuff. Um, That's true. Yeah. Especially if she's into that. Yeah. Anime Japanese style of, uh, of game or story. Yeah. That's a good point. Here's the thing about that. It's, and I agree with you, like on a tone level, I think persona is very easy to get into on a story level. And if you haven't played those games, certainly play persona three and four. The problem with persona is that it has chunks where it's a day of doing really important social shit, then a day of spending an hour and a half in the dungeon grinding, then a day of uh, doing more social shit, especially when you get like towards the end of the months when it starts raining and stuff. Mm-hmm. It'll be really hard to say, okay, we're done playing for the for the day. Now let's get back into grinding. I think if she wants to watch you play Persona, she'll probably have to deal with the dungeon parts too. 
just just thinking about the way that game can get, especially towards the climax. Mm. But I mean, if she wants to stick around for 50, 60 hours, by all means, it's a it's it's a rocking good time. Also, Metal Gear, if if she wants something really challenging that is also Ugh, super no, Japanese. No, 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 no. I think I think like the, the, the I think the first one is is not a bad story. It's it doesn't quite go off the rails like. Um, you might scare if you get into MGS two, but um, but the first yeah. one is s- semi grounded. I mean, yeah, you do have Psycho Mantis and a couple crazy things, but it's I don't know, it's it's more manageable than and 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 more than that, like the the story is is a, a lot more grounded and and somewhat easier to follow at least. But the, I feel like the gameplay is is fun to watch too. Mm. Um, just because of sort of the unpredictability of it and the stealth and like the, just that off chance that you'll fuck up and step in front of a camera or a guard will see you. And then the, you know, the alarm's going off and you're hiding in a box around a corner, hoping not to be seen. Like it's a fun experience to even just watch the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I get, you know, Alex, that might not be a bad choice. Saints Row. It's, uh, I, just before we move on, I think Saints Row 3, uh, is pretty much set piece to set piece. And that's a super funny game in my opinion. So yeah. It, it, that game's short enough where I think Saints Row 3 and Saints Row 4, you might be able to get a good time out of with uh, someone watching it. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, I mean, and definitely, Jacob, like, if you try some of these games and you find something that works or something that doesn't work or you've got a story to tell, um, email us back because I'd love to, like, check back in on this and see uh, see how it's going for you guys. So, uh, good luck, and, yeah, hopefully you guys play some games together. Uh, let me see here. Uh, this comes from Tim Chatton. Uh, he says, Every other limited edition 3DS has been easy to find on launch day. Is the Majora's Mask system uh, really going to be findable at Targets, etc.? Doesn't sound like think... it. No, it doesn't sound like it. I mean, it's hard to gauge just by pre-orders. Um, I mean, because obviously you don't want to sell more pre-orders than you have available. Um, but, I mean, I, I, to me... Nintendo is really going to be pushing the new 3DS, and if it seems like the best way to do that is going to be selling it with this Majora's Mask, uh, you know, like, design, because that's going to draw more people in, then I feel like they'll try to meet demand as best they can. Right? I mean, because there might be people who really only want the Majora's Mask uh, design, and then if they can't get it, go, well, I'll wait for the next limited edition one later down the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a so. little telling, though, that when I went into GameStop... They uh, they wouldn't even accept an in store pre order. I had to do an online pre order from in store, so they're not right, even I keeping know. it in their store. And I wouldn't be surprised if Best Buy is doing the same thing. And if GameStop and Best Buy are going that way, even if you're yeah. lucky enough to get it in Target, I don't think it's going to be in stores. Yeah. So wait, Alex, you said you um you got one pre ordered? Yes, I uh. It, I said this on the last Nintendo News report, so I won't go too far in depth with this story. <laughs> but I, uh, I was in the shower pretty much when the direct was going on because I had to run out the door. So I completely missed the uh, the whole thing, and I had to walk down to a GameStop and order the thing in store to be shipped to my house. And I got a little <laughs> lucky because they use a different warehouse for their in-store uh, online pre-orders than they do for their online regular pre-orders. So, like, for an hour or two afterwards, you could have gotten lucky that way. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, and I yep. I got mine at Best Buy's website. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, so you both yeah. are going with Majora's Mask. So, yep. Hell yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. I, the, the limited edition stuff just, 
it doesn't appeal to me as much. Um, but I can see, I mean, it, it's a great looking system though. It looks really cool. You know, 99% of the time, like I'm completely with you. I've definitely never like, especially with the, like the 3DS limited editions and, and uh, 3DS XLs limited editions that came out after the system was out. Like I've never had a moment where it was like, oh man, I have to buy another one of these because I want that one. But the fact that they're coming out at the same time, it's like, well, I might as well get like the badass looking, you know, Majora's Mask ones. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Now, now if I couldn't have uh, reserved it, I would have just bought a regular new 3DS. But they're gonna go for it if I would got you, a chance. So. Would you have gone black or red? Uh red. Yeah. I'm a red man. It's it looks <laughs> a way nicer these new 3DSs than the regular XLs did, which look like to- yeah toys pretty much. Yeah, Me too. I know. God, yeah, they look fantastic. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, you know, and it's just hard to tell right now because it seems like the last, like, four months, everything has been hard to find when it comes to Nintendo, you know, with Amiibo, um, you know, and other, other items there. So yeah, it's, it's all up in the air, but just don't spend 500 on eBay. No, don't. That will not be worth it. Do your best to try to like, just keep track. And if someone says that pre-orders are now up and available somewhere, just pre-order it if you really want it because... Um, you just don't know. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So now we're on to the club Nintendo section of our show. Uh, I've, we've got three club Nintendo questions. I'm going to just read them all at once and then we'll just, we'll just bluge about club Nintendo for the next like 15 minutes. So, um, yeah. All right. Here we go. This comes from Andrew, AKA XC warrior. He says, hello, connectivity club. Nintendo is coming to an end and the internet is exploding like usual, but this could be a good thing, right? People have referred to Iwata's new program that benefits loyal customers, and one would think that will take over for Club Nintendo. And although people are going to complain, I'm looking forward to inputting a lot of codes to get lots of points for more free digital games. And they are free because we were going to buy the initial games anyway. So my question is, what was your favorite Club Nintendo reward? I got the gold nunchuck, but do regret not ever picking up the Hanakuda cards? Hanakuda cards, those were the original Nintendo playing cards. They were like 800 back in the day. Okay, there you go. Since I'm a fan of card games. Keep up the good work. Uh, And then we have from Nicholas Bray, who's (laughs) actually from the Tenorola Port. (laughs) He's writing in listener mail. He could just join the segment, but that's all right. He says, uh, what do you consider to... what do you consider a good alternative to Club Nintendo? And do you think Nintendo will actually rise to making it more worthwhile? And similarly, uh, Travis Brody said, so what do you realistically think will be the features of the Club Nintendo replacement? And what do you hope for? Um, so let's start with best rewards. Um, you know, I th- I did actually get the gold nunchuck. So at some point I must have gone, done Club Nintendo stuff, but I really fell out of it. I think if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I it just never really enticed me. Inputting a lot of codes every month just did not do it for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I never really kept up with it. So relatedly, I probably have a bunch of codes if anyone needs them to get like platinum. The only ones mm-hmm. I will not give up are the Smash Brothers ones because obviously I want that soundtrack and Mewtwo DLC. But um, what about you guys? I mean, are you, were you guys big into getting rewards every you know every every time? Yeah, it's uh more <laughs> it's. You know what, I think I use that tone specifically because America really got the shaft when it came to Club Nintendo, didn't they? That's true, that's true. Like, Europe got crazy stuff, like, Excitebots, I, I think, was a, was a reward for them, and I think you could actually get eShop credit at one point from them. And then Japan got all these exclusive games, like, I think one of the Tingle games might have been exclusive Yeah. Uh, to that. But, I, I mean... I bought all these Nintendo games. I was in the store, and my camera could take pictures of the Club Nintendo 
pamphlets that were inside inside used game cases. I had the ability <laughs> to get codes. And why would you pass up anything free ever? Uh, I, I don't know. It's I think the best reward I ever got from that was probably the Game & Wario one this past year. Game & Wario was a really good reward to get as a platinum in my mind. And then also, I got a super sweet Yoshi's Island shirt from them like a year ago too. What about you, yeah, Alex? So, so, I've only really used Club Nintendo once. I think it was Club Nintendo back in the GameCube days where um, the, uh, you know that Zelda collector's disc that had all the um, what was it? It had Ocarina and Majora and I think the NES Zeldas on it. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah, so I had heard about that and, and the way to get that was one of the ways to get that was through um, the Club Nintendo stuff. So I I redeemed some stuff and then got that, but otherwise I've never, I've never done, uh, you know, taken the time to really register anything. But that Wait was a, a pretty second. sweet disc. Was that disc available through the North American Club Nintendo at any point? I think so. Yeah. Unless the GameCube disc. Yeah. I I've never heard of that. It's I mean I I believe you. I'm sure you have the disc to prove it, but I just I never even heard of that happening. I'm pretty sure that's how I got it because well, and then there was the the Ocarina of Time and Master Quest one, but I think I got that one from reserving Wind Waker. Right. Um, that was a that was the promo through that, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I got the collector's disc through Club Nintendo. It was either that or maybe some weird Nintendo Power promotion, but I I think it was Club Nintendo. But God, have you so heard long. of this? Uh, yeah, I think he's right. Oh, okay. It's, I, I mean, I believe so. you. I don't think you're lying to me right now, but it's just like one of those things where, what a weird reward, uh, and unusually <laughs> good for North America to get. Yeah. Well, if, if I'm lying and I'm wrong, my memory deceives me, then I've never used Club Nintendo, so, <laughs> um, it's, it's one or the other, but. Cool. And then let's talk about what we want Club Nintendo to be moving forward. Um, I tweeted it this this morning. What, what I see, and it's not even it wouldn't even really be Club Nintendo. I, I suppose. Um, really, what I want is I just want like PlayStation Plus on Nintendo. Just platforms. do PlayStation like, Plus. That, that's all exactly. we want. Like a VC yeah, exactly. game or two like, that's for free it. every month. Maybe an eShop game. Exactly, but but don't make me enter codes. Don't make me have to buy a certain number of games in a, in a certain time span. Just like let me pay you fifty dollars a year, and then give me access to virtual console games, and then like yeah, every month release like an indie game for free, uh, for you know these like quote unquote Club Nintendo users, and then I would be happy. I would love if it worked like Netflix for the virtual console. Like that would be fantastic. That's um, ridiculous. Now, I don't, Probably. I mean, who knows? It, it seems like Virtual Console hasn't really been a focus, although I guess that's sort of coming back now with these Wii games. Um, so I don't know like if they'd make more money doing it as a rental service um, versus what people already pay like every time they come out. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I definitely don't think they're making as much money on them as they were when the Wii initially launched. Um, I mean, you can tell just because their focus has shifted so far away from it. So, um, and, and who knows? They would never say one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but that that's what I want mostly. Um, I mean, I you know the physical rewards were great, and I, I do love that eventually you could redeem your you know your coins to just get downloadable games. Like that was cool. 
Um, but yeah, for me, I just I just want PlayStation Plus, man. Well, well, <laughs> it's, it's simple as that. Let's think about the way this will realistically go down to uh, answer Travis's uh, question. Digital Deluxe promotion just ended slash is ending uh, definitively in, in the next few months. Club Nintendo is definitively ending in the next few months. And they didn't necessarily tease it, but it sounded like there was a chance of the DDP coming back in some form. I think there's going to be uh, a new pay for program. And I think it really will be like PlayStation Plus, where it might not be free games, but there's going to be some way to redeem your purchases or some kind of Nintendo fun credit from your purchases for games. And I think there's the, uh, the DDP, the 10% off your games or $5 credit, that's probably coming back in some form. But I don't see Club Nintendo coming back without Nintendo offering the opportunity for you to give them money because they know we're all going to give it to them. Yep. Yeah. I was, I was just about to mention the whole digital deluxe promotion thing and just how, yeah, with that ending and now this ending, I think whatever, whatever this new thing is that they're going to do, it's going to be sort of possibly like, you know, a hybrid of both of those concepts. And I, and I think having to go to, you know, the club Nintendo website and typing in these codes and everything is just so, um, you know, not as user friendly as 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 you would think. You know, as you'd want it to be, and so it makes a lot more sense for all of this stuff to be directly integrated into like the Nintendo network. And whether or not we see something like an app for the phone, you know, or I mean, even with NFC, right? Um, it, maybe there's some way you could like, like if you wanted to buy something at retail, you could like scan it in on your gamepad yeah, or just tap 3DS. It. Exactly. That way, then you don't have to put in these, you know, these codes or these whatever. Um, and then also, you know, you, you purchase something digitally, right? It's It should just automatically be added to your Club Nintendo or what, whatever this new thing is account, and you can, you know, reap the benefits. Um, but, yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see because it seems like a lot of stuff is moving towards these, like, subscription models and whether it's, you know, whatever, with PlayStation Plus and, and with, like, the games with gold stuff. Um and whether or not we'll just have temporary access to some of this stuff, like as long as we're a subscriber, or if it is like, you know, you once you download it, it's yours forever. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. So here's a question. Uh, I, I don't know if, well, you're not, you haven't used Club Nintendo, so I, I guess I can't ask you, but Scott. So they said that April 30th or so, the Elite Rewards are going to be uh, announced or available mm-hmm. for order. Like, if you earn your 600 coins by April 1st, they're going to have a series of digital rewards available. Which one do you want? Like, if you can pick any game that can be your digital reward of choice for elite status, what would it be? Mine would probably be Fantasy Life. Ah, uh, yeah. What have I been on the board about that I never got? Yeah, I never got Fantasy Life and was always interested in it. Um, Never picked up Tomodachi Life. Like, that would be kind of cool. Uh, hmm, that might be, yeah, one of those would probably good, probably be good. I'm sure there's probably something on the, the eShop, like an indie game I'm not thinking of. Um, but one of those, one of those would probably, probably be best. Yeah, I don't want it to be like an obvious, like, choice, like a thick, I don't know, like Fire Emblem or uh, Luigi's Mansion, you know, like right. these obvious like Nintendo published games from like two years ago because we all already have those. Like it's got to be something somewhat modern and yeah, like somewhat 
kind of under the radar that not these obvious choices that everyone picked up. Bayonetta so, 2 would be yeah. great. But that's never going to happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. It'll probably Wonderful be 101. Yeah. I mean, I never picked that up. Like, the, I, I would get that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There you have yeah. it. There you go. But I, I, and I do agree with you, Alex O, that um, a better way to scanning these codes, like, there's no reason you can't use the 3DS or uh, gamepad camera to just, like, scan a barcode and have it put in automatically. And I, I also think it's stupid to have to fill out surveys. I mean, like, I, and people think that Nintendo doesn't use the information. Like, I'm sure they do. You don't collect all that information to just have it sit there. I mean, I'm sure they have people hired specifically to sort of analyze that and make it in nice little tables and graphs and have an idea of what people are, are thinking and, and, and why they're buying games. Um, now, whether that was implemented in any way, I don't know. But that information for sure isn't ignored. Uh, but it does annoy me to have to fill out surveys every time. So, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm looking up something it. now that I think... Uh, okay. Here's an example of how they use that. It was an Awada asks for Paper Mario Sicker Star. And it was an interview with some of the people. For, oh, yeah. There you there go. You go. Yeah, I, know, so, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So, Tanabe said, yeah, with regards to the story, we did a survey over the Super Paper Mario game in Club Nintendo. And not even 1% said the story was interesting. A lot of people said the flip move for switching between 3D and 2D dimensions was fun. So it seems like that is probably one of the reasons why the story in Sticker Star is almost non-existent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, what a mess that game was. That game, yeah, I did not like that game. <laughs> and, you know, I thought the, the... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go into it. But, yeah, that game that game was not very good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to know uh, what's coming next, though. I'm sure it'll come sometime this year. Probably E3 is when we'll hear about it. Some big initiative. Um. But I, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Isn't there to- an investor meeting coming up soon? I think at the end of yeah. the month there might be something. So who knows if we, we might hear... Um, something from Awada a little a little earlier. Yeah, it makes me wonder. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess it's appropriate either way. I mean, it, it does work in an investor meeting setting, but I also think it works really well just being blown out, you know, to the consumer mm-hmm. uh, at an event like E3. So yeah, I guess it could go either way. Um, but I'm excited, and I think whatever it is, I'll I'll jump on board this time. I kind of really wasn't all that interested in Club Nintendo because it was more of a hassle than anything else. And I don't need more junk in my house as it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah, we're just. So, I feel like we're at like just like a weird transition phase right now. You know, like where I think a lot of stuff is just changing with Nintendo as they're working on merging. You know, sort of. I don't know because I feel like 3ds and and Wii U are just and the ecosystems there are just so disjointed and they're going to try to start moving things together. Um, but yeah, I don't think anything will really kind of come into like true fruition until we see that next generation. But I think this is these are going to all be little signs as to, you know, what is coming in the next generation from Nintendo. So it's exciting. You know, Nintendo is going to be a really interesting company in five years. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I think they're interesting now, but I know what you mean. Like, just... They're moving it'll towards be something just wildly to see. different. Right. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Thank you so much to everyone who sent in your listener mail. Uh, you can always send in more listener mail to connectivity and NintendoWorldReport.com. We will probably read I'll it. Remind every- we, well, we always read it. I, it's you know, like, like it, if I you send often. us mail and it's halfway decent, and if you guys send enough of it, we'll probably do another one of these in like two weeks. 
yeah, I mean, I love doing them. So, I mean, the more mail we get, the sooner we'll do them. So, um, and don't forget also that you can send in your favorite, uh, winter or Christmas or snow or ice level theme, uh, to the same address for our upcoming music segment, all about, uh, our favorite music from levels such as those that I just named. Um, so that will do it. Uh, Alex's, thank you so much for being here. Yay! <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, we're out of listener mail now, so send it in. The address is connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. We love hearing from you guys, and we will try and get to every single question on the show. And if you've got a moment, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps spread the word and helps the show expand the audience. Thanks a lot. Now enjoy Hockey Talk. everyone and welcome to this bonus segment of connectivity i'm scott thompson and today i'm with donald terrio the leafs playoff hopes are as dead as club nintendo there it's tax deductible <laughs> nailed it and jp corbin defense what is this defense you speak of <laughs> beautiful uh and we are here today to talk about the first half of the uh nhl season so far um we're recording this the night of the nhl uh uh, all-star game fantasy draft. So it's uh, roughly the halfway point of the season. So we're going to talk about how our respective teams are doing, um, some surprises along the way so far this season, uh, both good and bad. And uh, yeah, I, I think there will be some tears shed all around <laughs> for different points on the season. Tears and, and curse words, as, uh, as Donald pointed out. He's glad this podcast has an explicit tag uh, because it will certainly be needed. Um, so let's start with with our teams here. Now, I think we, we, we did one of these before the season started, and I've, I can't really remember. Uh, JP, you, you were pretty much didn't didn't think the Flyers were going to do too much. I think you, you were high on the offense, but not so much on the defense. Is Which that, is really is that kind of correct? worn out, you know? That's yeah. That's where we're at. So no why defense, don't you get... Voracek's leading in points, so yeah, we're pretty much where I figured they'd be. <laughs> uh, where, where are you guys right now in in the standings? I haven't actually looked that close recently. I know we're we're toward the bottom of the Eastern Conference last time. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I guess you are. The Flyers are fifth in the Metro Division. They are twelve points out of a playoff spot. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. Um. So yeah. So not so good. Um. Have there been any highs this season? I mean, any any good surprises? Or I mean, has it just been kind of blah throughout um well i mean like i said jake voracek is leading the nhl in points which i think is a surprise yeah um yeah he's had an incredible year uh you know that 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 uh jeff carter trade's looking pretty good right about now between him and and sean couturier who's who's had a good year he hasn't done a ton offensively a lot of the time but he's really great like it's a like a defensive kind of forward mm-hmm. um I know Steve Mason's often a an easy target punching bag, but he's had a good year, really. I mean, you like his record is not great, but you look at his save percentage; he's he's playing well. It's just that the the defense in front of him is just not good at all. And he's hurt now, isn't he? Yeah, he's like he's out for a couple of weeks. He'll probably be back okay. pretty quickly after the break. 
And so I saw, didn't you guys start, uh, like, what, he was, like, in his 30s? It was his first ever NHL start? Yes, it was yes. Zep. Rob Zepp, who Zep, yeah. uh, was 33-year-old rookie. He's looked all right so far. He, had, you know, he, he won his first game. He's, he's, he's done well. That's good. Yeah, and then you guys, what, who's the, is Emery still the backup? Yes, yeah, he's still okay. there. He's, uh, well. he's been up and down, although he was, he was really, really good uh, in their last game against Pittsburgh, he was he was very good in that in, in that win. Oh yeah, I watched that game. That was a good game. Uh, did he has he forced any goalies to fight him yet this season? Not, I don't believe so. I think we're, <laughs> we're still lacking in the goalie fight department. So that's, that's still like one of the greatest moments uh, in the past few years. At least that was an unbelievable encounter. It was him and uh, Holtby from Washington, right? I think so. Yeah, Holtby was just like not interested. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh, that was it. Was really it care. was against his will? Like, he did not want to be in that fight. <laughs> yeah, that was something special. Um, let's move now to Donald. Uh, how how are your how are your Maple Leafs doing, Donald? Um, <laughs> how are they? Let, let's Who's their put coach a... this week. Oh, <laughs> thankfully, it's not Randy Carlyle. <laughs> now I can't remember how how long did you give Carlisle before uh, before the season started? Yeah, to me, he lasted longer than I expected. I honestly thought he was going to get the uh, was it Craig Berube who got ran after three games a couple of years ago. No, it's Laviolette. Berube's the guy now. It was Laviolette who got yeah. Uh, yeah. I was kind of I was hoping for that. I figured he might make it to to U.S. Thanksgiving. Instead, okay. they they waited until the day after the World Junior Hockey Championships ended in Toronto to kick Carlisle out the door, <laughs> which was great because that basically extended the celebration, uh, at least in that portion of Canada, <laughs> for like an extra day. Exactly. But it, 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 <laughs> let's put it this way: I went to look up the Leafs' records so far this season. I was redirected to a picture of a dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. And, you know, to me, like, the troubling thing is, is it's not only that they're, they're losing, um, but it's the fact that there, there seems to be this, like, animosity between the team and, like, the fan base right now. Um, I mean, you have fans at games throwing their jerseys onto the ice in protest and then subsequently getting, like, ticketed and getting fined, which is insane. They're getting, and then, yeah, they're getting banned from the Air Canada Center for a year. Ooh, what a tragedy. Yeah. But at least the, they item... don't get to watch the Leafs play anymore. <laughs> Although the although you do miss the Raptors and they're doing all right, I guess. But the but the fact is the items that are getting thrown on the ice. I see we've moved up from waffles because that was a, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know it's real when people are like throwing one hundred and eighty dollars jerseys, uh, which with the weekend Canadian dollars, what like three thousand dollars probably. Uh, <laughs> Some, these jerseys onto the ice, something like that. Yeah, yeah that. And, um, and then, and then, like on the flip side, it seems like the team is kind of fed up with the fans. I mean, there's the whole controversy over not doing the stick wave after home games, you know, after wins and stuff. Um, and yeah, they're just. I, I think I can't remember who it was on the lease, but someone called out the, you know, the fans for throwing jerseys on the ice and everything. I, I think they've all done it at this point, but yeah, but at, at least we don't have to worry about the salute thing anymore, simply because, well, we've won two games since Christmas. <laughs> So there's not really an opportunity to do the salute anymore. No. You guys were looking good for a little while there. I think, you know, yeah. that was, yeah, real... that's why he stuck around as long as he did. Yeah, like you reel off, you know, 10 out of 11, well, you win in 9 out of 11 in late November, early December, and then Christmas, and then Christmas comes, and yeah, it just goes in the <laughs> toilet. But, yeah. yeah. I'm looking now, it's like a, you guys have lost six in a row. Um 
which is not actually last 10 games, uh, one in nine. Yeah, that is not, uh, that is not the recipe for success. And the, uh, that is for sure. And the ironically, the only thing going down farther than the least chances of making the playoffs at this point is the Canadian dollar. <laughs> um, and I was gonna say there's just more drama with Kessel, which is always surprises me. Uh, cause he's such a good player, but like he, he just between the fans and the media and everything, it's just like, he's just this target. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you, we've talked, I think you've talked about Kessel before, but I mean, how do you feel about Kessel? I mean, he's, he's clearly the best player on the team and mm-hmm. he's been getting an inordinate amount of crap ever since they traded for him simply because of what they threw, what they had to do to give, to get him, which was give up the two first round picks and ended up becoming the second overall pick in the draft and mm-hmm. a pretty good defenseman. Right. So ever since then, it's like we got Kessel, but what did we give up? Right. Right. So, but um, that always happens with the big stars in Toronto. Unless you're, unless you're like Doug Gilmore or Wendell Clark, you're going to have a target on your back most of the time. Anyway, mm-hmm. just because the, the New York media doesn't really care. So Toronto does have the most vicious and often idiotic media in the league. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right about that. Yeah, like, I feel like New York is number one for, like, every other sport. But, yeah, with the Rangers and then, I guess, to a lesser extent, the Islanders, they just sort of float on by um, and don't Not really get that sort of score. Not much this year with the Islanders, though. I guess we're going well, to get to that. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're very yeah, they're very good. No, I don't mean I don't mean that, but they don't get the same scrutiny uh, that, like, That's other true. major sports just do. Just give it, give it a year. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say, too, about Kessel? Um, oh, well, Taves had, like, the line of, of, the, of the night – um, when recruiting Kessel in the first round of the draft tonight, he said that they picked Kessel because he's uh, extremely coachable. Uh, of course, making reference to, I believe, what was it? It was the coach before Carlisle who said that he wasn't coachable. Is that correct? Ron Wilson. Was it just, yeah, it was. Yeah. it was a Wilson comment. But there you go. And then, and then Nick Foligno of Columbus goes and trades for Kessel, giving up Tyler Sagan <laughs> again. Yeah, <laughs> another little dagger uh, in the back of Toronto, I guess. Yeah, that was beautiful. I know I haven't seen any other trades. I'm trying to kind of keep track of it as we're doing this, but yeah, it's been it's been surprisingly entertaining so far. But we'll we'll get to that. Um, I'll move on to my Blackhawks. Then um, they're kind of I guess right where I thought they'd be. Um, I slightly definitely didn't... better than the Flyers and the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. <laughs> yeah, um, they're playing really well. The season started slow. Uh, surprisingly, the defense was like killer, and Crawford was playing out of his mind. But they just couldn't score goals. And then, you know, naturally that sort of corrected itself and the offense started like clicking as kind of everyone expected it to. Uh, Crawford hurt his ankle at apparently a Rise Against concert at the House of Blues here in Chicago. I got him on my fantasy team and I was pissed about that. <laughs> that That is, I think that's the greatest injury in hockey since the goalie injured himself stepping out of a taxi cab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and he said, uh, you know, he, he just kind of tripped down some steps and twisted it. Uh, didn't want to say whether or not alcohol was involved, but if we all remember his, uh, Stanley Cup speech in 2013, in which he was just dropping F-bombs left and right on live TV, uh, yeah, alcohol was probably involved, I would say. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they're playing well. He hasn't played as well since coming back from the injury, but I think he's starting to round back into shape. Um, you know, I mean, they're, they're right there. They're tied with St. Louis right now for second in the Central Division. And uh, trailing all of a sudden like the greatest team ever, uh, the Nashville Predators, which we'll we'll talk it's, about. It's a great story. 
<laughs> I know, good for them. I know it, it's a team that I feel like deserves it. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, then they played in the Winter Classic, um, which was great for like fifty-eight minutes. Speaking of profanity, I, I have the feeling Scott was <laughs> dropping a bit of it when when they called the penalty, the ticky tacky penalty on Taves. It was bad, yeah. And even the penalty before that on Shaw was bad. Like, it's the kind of thing where rather than a makeup call, just don't call the first one, you know? Like, I, it, it just didn't, the first one on Shaw, like the boarding that gave the Hawks that late power play didn't need to be called. And then that one on Taves was just atrociously bad. Um, and then of course, I mean, it's this weird, literally broken play off of like a broken stick. And, uh, I almost, you know, I almost thought they could flag Ovechkin on that last play with the Avery rule as he's like skating towards Crawford, like waving his arms at the ref because his stick got slashed and broken. Meanwhile, Troy Brower's behind him and just kind of fires a little wrister right into the net. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was disappointing, but it was a fun day. Um, did you guys happen to watch any of the Epics show? No, uh, like I didn't. the Road to the Winter Classic? To, but I, I didn't, yeah. uh, I, you know, get around to it. Same here. I'll, I mean, I think they did carry it on the Rogers channels here, but I just, mm-hmm. things were going on at that point. I just didn't have a chance to get, get it, see any of it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, obviously it's much harder to watch it on that than HBO. Although it was kind of nice that Epic's, like, really went out of their way to make it available to everyone. You didn't need an Epic subscription. If you just created an NHL.com account... And then signed in with that at like Epic's website. You could just you could watch the episodes and stream them live as they were airing, which was really cool. That's great. And I was actually able to watch it just through the PS4 uh, Epic's app. So I just watched them on my PS4 on my TV uh, every week. So that was cool. Um, very very good show. Very entertaining. Uh, Joel Quinville, the Blackhawks coach, uh, just cusses incessantly throughout the whole thing. Uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, they they have it mic'd up on the bench, and I mean every word is just an f bomb. Uh, so that was that was very good. Did any uh, did any of the coaches have difficulty operating toasters? No, fortunately, <laughs> it was pretty cool. I mean, the coaches were definitely the the stars. I mean, you had Quinville, who's obviously like the win hungry, like expects perfection, uh, kind of coach who was insane on the bench. Um, and then you have um, oh god, why am I blanking on his name now? Uh, Barry Trotz. Uh, who came over from Nashville and is now coaching the Capitals. And he's much more, like, reserved and focused, and he, he kind of, like, more of a friend to the players. And actually some good moments. He has a, a son who's probably in his early teens who actually um, is autistic. And so they showed a lot of, like, off-ice time, like them going to the zoo and, like, hanging out and just kind of what he did, like, away from hockey, like, with his family and stuff. So that was really good. Um, yeah, and it was just it was just fun. But I think the coaches really stole the show uh, for the most part. We got to see more glimpses into, like, the concussion protocol type of stuff. Uh, the first week of the show, Taves, that was when Taves got boarded uh, in the Boston Bruins game. And he wanted to stay on the ice, and they had to basically, like, make him get in the back and get checked out. And they kind of showed a little bit of that. So it was pretty interesting. Did they did they try to play up any sort of rivalry? Because, I mean, Chicago-Washington, that's <laughs> not much there unless you want to go right. to the political angle. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. No, they didn't whatsoever, which was probably for the best because there really wasn't any there. They didn't even do, you know, I feel like the last few Winter Classics and with the Road to the Winter Classic, there was always like a game between the two teams like a week before the Winter Classic, probably because they played in the same conference. So it was just more likely to happen. So, you know, you kind of get that first game to establish a little bit of rivalry and then you kind of even it up in the Winter Classic. But there was none of that either. So it's very much... The schedule right. is now you only play, you know, one home and home against, you know, the teams in the other conference. That'd be tough to schedule. Right. And the Hawks and the Caps played their first game against each other in like October. Um, yeah. So 
but, way before they were uh, recording. Uh, but it was good. I mean, it just it more like established kind of just where the teams are at. I mean, it really showed like uh, like I said, Quinville kind of leading the Hawks and like looking for that perfection, and then like the Capitals sort of like rebounding after missing the playoffs last year, and and what Trotz is trying to like instill in the team. So yeah, and well, if you want more of that rivalry thing, apparently next year it's Montreal Boston in Boston at Gillette Stadium. Yeah, that'll be much better that'll in be terms good. of yeah, yeah built-in it, rivalry. It, yeah, and it will not be the first time I've rooted for a meteor to hit Gillette Stadium. <laughs> um. So, yeah, so that was good. Winter Classic was fun, save for, the, again, the last two minutes. But let's go ahead and talk about some of the other teams and some of, I think, the biggest surprises. Uh, like we've already alluded to, the Nashville Predators. Holy crap. Uh, I mean, they're pretty amazing now. Along. I mean, like, you know, they've, I think, you know, for the last few years, I think they've kind of underperformed. I mean, they got a hell of a defense, and then, you know, yeah, Pecker and A this season has been playing very, very well. I think he's mm-hmm. hurt some of the time, but I think mean, he's been... You know, I mean, like, he's shown this before. Pecorine has looked like, you know, like a Vesna-caliber goalie at times before, not so much recently, but he's looked very good this year. I mean, he got... Unfortunately, they still have Shea Weber, so, you know, they got that <laughs> yeah. and a few other things. I mean, so, yeah, it's working for him. And, well, know. the defense has yeah, always been there. The goaltending's always been there. The, the offense just has never uh, been there. But now they're, like, an exciting team yeah. um, while maintaining that defense, and that's, like, the most impressive part. Like, they're not sacrificing... Uh, you know, that defense and that goaltending to go out and, like, score more. They've seemed to, like, build it all into one cohesive, uh, like, product on the ice, which is really impressive. Yeah. And I, I didn't expect that Philippe Forsberg would be would have 40 points coming over from, from Washington like he did in the offseason. That's... Yeah. Yeah, he's been very... Is he technically a rookie? I think he still is, right? Because he didn't play very much with Washington, did he? Or is he, he, is he not considered a rookie anymore? Uh, he played... I think he might he might be considered a uh, still a rookie because he's only played he, before this season he's only played eighteen NHL games. So okay, he, so I think that still qualifies. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he. So, yeah, uh, he, I mean, he won Rookie of the Month in November, so he's okay. He still counts. Perfect. Yeah. So well, there's your Rookie of the Year, like easy for sure. Um, yeah, so they've been, uh, really impressive to me. The whole like Western conference has been kind of exciting. I know, I mean, you guys on the East, I don't know how much you really like pay attention to it, but I'm looking at the list right now. And if the playoffs started today, one, two, three, four of the teams who were in the playoffs last year would not be in the playoffs this year. And they would be replaced by Calgary, Winnipeg, Nashville, and Vancouver. So, I mean, there's been like a lot of upheaval with teams like really improving, and it's super competitive. Well, so it's like I mean, really it's part exciting. Part of it's improving, and part of it's just how good the Western Conference is. I mean, I think right. you know, there's a lot of depth there, and you know, only so many teams can make it in. Yeah, and and you have, I mean, L.A. in the Pacific is lurking like a point out of the playoffs right now. Yeah, and yeah, Cal- and they're, it's yeah. a team that I figure has a very good chance of getting back in. Right. Yeah, if it, I, I'm just looking at these playoff matchups. If the if the West started today, Anaheim Calgary, but if Anaheim LA again after the second round last year, and yeah. another St. Louis Chicago, and I know, <laughs> and Sharks and can Sharks and Canucks have a bit of a history, and I know some places where Sharks they have a Canuck, history of blowing it in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> which, which one will collapse first? <laughs> Um, yeah, so that, that's been really exciting to me. Um, I'm kind of interested to see where things go and how things shake out. Yeah, I do think LA makes it in. I, Calgary was great to start out the year and have kind of just been coasting along now. Um, I, I don't see them sticking with it. I think 
I think they're getting pushed out. Um, but I don't know that at anyone pushes Winnipeg out. I mean, Winnipeg has the first wild card spot with 60 points right now. Um, and Calgary has the second spot with 53. So, and you know, it's going to be kind of tough to catch up and push that team out. So you're looking at like a possibly four teams from that, uh, you know, central division making it back into the playoffs. So pretty exciting. But what about, what about you guys in the East? Again, now I don't really pay much attention to the East. Like any big surprises in, in a good way? I mean, oh, well, the Islanders. The Islanders. Yeah. Islanders. Yeah. After being terrible for like over two decades, they're kind of yeah. having a great year just in time. I get to finally close up and then burn down the Nassau Coliseum. That's right. Yep. Somewhere that's not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing of value was lost. <laughs> yeah. What was it? I think it was earlier this week. The Flyers played their last game at, at the Nassau Coliseum. Yeah, it's you know like you know I was following it on Twitter while the game was going on, and you know from the Flyers media personalities, there was as many tweets about how terrible the condition of the building was as there were about the game. <laughs> Are they moving to the Barclays Center, like where the Nets play? Yeah, they're going to be they... playing. Yeah, in Brooklyn. Now. Okay, they're the Brooklyn Islanders now. That. That's, it's still uh, just New York. I mean, Brooklyn is technically an island as well. They're still just yeah. called the New York Islanders. Yeah. Okay. Because I was gonna say I, I didn't know Brooklyn was an island. Yeah, I don't. I don't know New York geography at all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know that for certain, but I'm pretty sure someone has said that. You're probably right. And if not, um, they'll correct us on Twitter. But I think the other pleasant surprise yeah, over I mean, in... somebody's actually still listening at this point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a big like leap of faith. So we'll see. If you're still listening to this at this point, let us know. I know that we've got a few listeners who are like devout hockey fans who I follow on Twitter and stuff. So uh, hopefully, a few people stuck around. We'll find out. Yeah, over in over in the Atlantic, I didn't expect Detroit to be in like having a home ice advantage in the first round if the playoffs started today. I, I yeah, I figured they'd be. Then again, Florida's coming out of nowhere too. So that's... yeah, Florida's right there. Yeah, I mean, Florida right now is seven points out of a playoff spot, but are also have four games in hand. So it's a lot of points there, like waiting to be recouped. So yeah, they're they're really competitive. And yeah, Detroit. I mean, Babcock, your you know your future coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs, has done really great uh, this season in sort of turning the uh, the Red Wings around. And seems to always able to be able to do that. You know, they kind of just restock with young players, and it, it takes a couple of years, but then he's got them like back. You know, just as a machine. Yeah. I I really I hope Babcock does come to Toronto, but <laughs> then again, at, given what he's got now compared to what he'd be going into, I don't think that's going to happen. And yeah, and can I also call out as a negative surprise just how historically bad Buffalo's been? Oh, I wouldn't man. call that a surprise, but it is negative. <laughs> you know, I expected them to be bad. I did not expect them to be this bad. Like this is like a late '84 Penguins tank level of tanking. Yeah, here, let me let me read you a couple stats because I have it open. So in their last 10, 10 games, they are 0-10. Uh, they've lost 11 in a row, and they have a negative 78 goal differential. They have scored 89 goals, and they have let in 167 goals. That is insane. Keep in mind, the Oilers are a, a dumpster fire, too, and their goal differential is 49. Yeah. They're talking 30 more Arizona goals. Arizona is minus 51, which is the, the worst apart from... Buffalo, so that's what twenty seven. It's twenty seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's just yeah. They're not good. It, it, no. it, it's too bad North American sports doesn't do relegation because I, you know what, Buffalo would probably be in the East Coast Hockey League at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, I would. I would think so. Um, I don't even know who's on the Sabers anymore. Of like of note, 
there isn't as much. I mean, like they don't. I mean, you get what Tyler Myers and you know, a couple, there's that. What's his name? The Polish guy or, or whatever he is. The, that, oh, the top vote. They voted in the All Star game. game or the, <laughs> yeah, why you shouldn't be allowed to fan vote in the All Star games. <laughs> yeah, I have to think they're going to adjust the the All Star rules as we had. Yeah, what's Gergesons? Isn't that his last name? Yeah, uh, gets voted in because he's Latvian, and the whole country voted for him to make it. He had like more votes than anybody by a wide margin and then your next uh five voted in players were all blackhawks um (laughs) (laughs) which hey i love but yeah that's kind of i have to think they're going to put a a little bit more of a limit on on fan voting it's it's not like it's nothing wrong with lafia i mean they had the world hockey championships in my hometown a few years ago and we Mm -hmm. happened to have the latvian game here like the Mm -hmm. latvian team played their pool games here those people are insane in a good way. <laughs> I think they, I think they dropped about five million dollars into our con- into our economy in just that one week of the tournament. Well, I've heard even like a strong contingent of Latvian uh, residents have come to the All Star Game in Columbus to watch their one sole player uh, play, which is yeah. I mean, they're just like you said, they're just insane about hockey. Um, and that, which is yeah, pretty amazing. I, and I'm, I'm just about, I think I'm just now getting over the mild heart palpitations that Latvia gave Canada in the Olympics last year. Oh, that's oh, right. That was the Latvian game. team. Yeah. Hey, that, that was yeah, that, that was goalie. He's, isn't he, he's a prospect for the, uh, the lightning, right? I, he might even be playing, he might even be backing up for them right now. I might, I might, I might, I might actually be on the roster. Lightning have a, like, what is a rookie goal, goalie who's, Played very well in limited oh, amount of time. I'm that might sure be him. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember his name, but yeah, that 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 game was amazing. That was the best game of the Olympics, uh, much to my disappointment. Rooting for Team USA. Oh, I, don't, uh, I don't know. You you and Russia had a hell of a game. Too bad you apparently used oh, up all your energy there. Yeah, that's true. I forget that was a really good game. That shootout, which is TJ Oshie just saying, I, I've got those guys. <laughs> last guy, last guy I saw dominate a shootout like that was honestly Jonathan Taves. In Oh yeah, in the juniors, right? Yeah, he when kinda he had the same kind of he, performance. Yeah, he had a hat trick in a world junior shootout. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, so that I think that you know that about covers it. What, what do you guys think for the second half of the season, both in terms of your teams, uh, and maybe not in terms of your teams, uh, some of the other teams? I mean, what do you see? Um, you know, anything changing in the standings? Well. Um. I think Toronto's going to go on a late season run that's going to get them out of the draft lottery and keep us from getting <laughs> Connor McDavid, which is what naturally, we, which is what naturally. we always do. Uh, so I want you guys to get Connor McDavid because I want the commissioner to have to walk on stage in Buffalo and say the Toronto Maple Leafs are on the clock. I wouldn't you know, like the, the 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 how loud were those boos being? <laughs> well, then again, most Tor- Tor- they get a large contingent of Toronto fans in Buffalo to begin with, so that's true. Knows, it could be a right. standing, it could be the Batman's first standing ovation ever. <laughs> uh, Batman could cure cancer and they would still boo him. Well deserved. Uh, as far as the rest of the season, I think uh, I don't really see anybody making a run. Just the gap, like the gaps between the teams in the playoff races. I, the only one I could see falling out at this point is Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody Absolutely. else is too far ahead with two, with all the three point games that the NHL has. Yeah, it's nearly impossible to make up ten or twelve points as Philly would have to do to to sneak past Washington. Oh yeah, we're not getting it. Like I mean, even 
even if we stay healthy, our defense is just not good enough. I mean, we got prospects, as I said in the, the preseason show, there, there are some great defensive prospects in the Flores organization, and if Ron Hextel can keep his job long enough to let them develop, we could be a hell of a team in a couple of years, but not now. Mm-hmm. I, I still see Florida making a push. I, Boston hasn't really played that well this season. Um, yeah, but and, I mean, Rask is coming on lately. I think like they're, I think that's a team that's going to get hot you know, yeah. going forward. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not saying that for sure we'll fall out, but I think Florida will be right there. I think that will be an interesting kind of three way race between Florida, Washington, and Boston. Um, yeah, just seeing how that shakes out. I mean, Florida's and I, closer than anybody else in the East. I mean, like what I'm looking at, Boston and Washington are fourth place in their respective divisions at 57 right. points each. Florida's at 50. You could make up seven points in 30 odd games. Well, and like I said, they've got four games in hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> against that, Boston. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dude, wow. How do they manage that? I know, right? <laughs> no. Well, nobody, nobody's showing up to their games, so they had to postpone a couple. <laughs> yeah, I remember that Ottawa game where they had like two thousand people in the stands. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Ottawa doesn't travel well. But I think once yeah, they, that, when... that was the reason. Yeah, I mean, like, because a lot of the time the fans in Florida are fans of the other team. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, when Ottawa and I don't know one of the Alberta teams end up becoming Seattle and Las Vegas, you could point to that game. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Las Vegas team uh, seems like that's very close uh, to becoming a reality. We'll be talking about it more and more. Yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, just I, I'm I'm really worried about with this whole declining Canadian dollar because the last time it was down that low, I think Ottawa went bankrupt and the NHL had to institute a special bailout plan for the Canadian teams. Wow, I didn't even know that. Wow, and get yeah. coyotes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the New Jersey Devils, uh, who have now have like three coaches uh, running the running the show. They fired uh, their longtime coach and have a coach specifically running the offense and a coach specifically running the defense. I guess as if it was a football team. Yeah, I mean it works in football. <laughs> and as far as I know, that has not worked for them. Um, they're, so, they're, big big surprise. <laughs> second or what third worst record in the Eastern Conference? They're all, yeah. the only teams in the East that are better than are Buffalo and Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a big badge of honor right there. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you guys. I, th- I think Florida's the only team in the East. I think that kind of makes a push. And then I, I see Calgary falling out and Los Angeles getting there. Colorado's kind of come on lately after a really bad start and is right there as well. Um, but I think the top, I think the like other seven spots, including that first wild card, are pretty much locked up. Now it's just about positioning between those uh between those teams there. But other than that, yeah, yeah I don't see goes. any of those falling like the out. Way, with the track record podcasts have on this site and predictions, like something crazy is going to happen. And... <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, all right. Well, there you go. I think that'll do it. Uh, it's been fun. I think we'll probably come back, you know, before the playoffs start in uh, in late April. So you can look forward to that, all three or four of you still listening. Again, if you are listening, either comment or tweet us or something, because I'm always interested to know who listens to these bonus segments, because uh, sometimes they get pretty far out there. I know we've got a few Doctor Who listeners who listen, who check those out, and I, I gotta think someone listens to this. I hope so. God. <laughs> well, I have fun. I'm happy, you know. I, it's just for the three of us, you know? Yeah. Hey, we, we might have an in at Nintendo, though, with Billy Burkhammer. That's true. Oh, there That's you true. Go. Or what? He needs the campaign to get NHL uh, 16 on Nintendo platforms next year. Yeah, too bad his team. Yeah. Too bad his team's not doing too well. Womp womp womp. Yeah, well, they need a goalie. Um, all right. Well, that will do it. Uh, thank you, no, Donald you and JP. Just to say, like, since we haven't mentioned him, and you just said that Minnesota <laughs> needs a goalie, I had a goalie in mind that they might want to sign. <laughs> Same one they had last year. 
Yeah, come on. He worked for him. He was good in the playoffs. You know, why not? Isn't he? Isn't he? Crazy he obscure with, Sonic characters on his mask. Come on, I think he's with Anaheim now, isn't he? Did he isn't get picked he, up as a backup? I think he was there Anaheim? for a little bit. I don't know if he's still there, actually. I but, thought he yeah. was. I thought they signed him, you know, to the year contract, but maybe, maybe they just they gave did. him a tryout. I don't know. Paying that close attention. He hasn't been playing that much. I don't know no, if he's still no. there or they released him or whatever, but yeah. still, it's Our a hero. tradition on this podcast. I know. Yes, Briz is still with the Ducks. Okay. Oh, perfect. There you go. Um, great. All right. Well, that will do it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you guys for being here, and we will talk to you later. Uh, just one, one thing. Before... Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yes, Donald has a plug. Time. Yes, I'm an idiot. Uh, go ahead, Donald. So, go, go, go. Sorry. Uh, my, I'm actually on another podcast, Nintendo Free Radio, the official and official podcast of the NWR forums. Uh, we just did our episode 50, and on that show, Scott has a cameo as we discuss the wizard. Yeah, the uh, classic the movie that 80s really need to discuss film. It. Yeah. Hey, if box office poison won't touch it, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can find that at uh, bit.ly slash nfradiopodcast, or there's a thread for it in the general chat section at the NWR forums. And in fact, I Googled it uh, just a little bit before we started recording, and if you Google uh, Nintendo Free Radio, it is like the fourth thing that comes up after like... Four different, uh, three different things that are like you probably met Radio Free Nintendo, so we're gonna post those <laughs> first, uh, and then yeah, but you guys are right there. I think it's uh, no third, third Nintendo Free Radio Podbean There you go. Yep, <laughs> fantastic. So yeah, check that out uh, for more Donald action, and um, yeah, we will talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.